Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Thanks for joining me for this episode today. Uh, this is an NBA emergency podcast after uh, what happened yesterday in the playoffs. And then today there was a, a flurry of, of news, uh, NBA headlines today. Uh, I figured they a lot of it couldn't wait uh, for a week. Um, so I wanted to break that down today. First, I wanted to, to cover the Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets game. Uh, the only game that was on yesterday uh, we talked about yesterday how uh, Kyrie was out for the rest of the series, and then uh, James Harden uh, was going to give it a go. Um, he has missed ten games, um, so obviously he was he was going to be out of rhythm, not really in sync with everyone else. Um, so you know, I figured maybe to have him in there for twenty twenty five minutes or something, but more more so as a decoy, I guess, because uh, you know he he wasn't ready beforehand and then all of a sudden he went from being out uh, to upgraded to uh to doubtful and then all of a sudden he was playing and i was intrigued by the situation for kevin durant because we have talked about kevin durant you know i think he's the best player in the league skill wise you know he can he can do everything for your team uh but he hasn't had to do everything for the team like lebron has for his team or or James Harden even for um, when he was with the Rockets or, or Westbrook, um, you know guys like that who have to shoulder the entire load, like Kobe did during his time with the Lakers. Um, you know he's always had other guys that that he can you know lean on there. You know in his OKC days he had you know Westbrook, Harden, Ibaka. He, he had a, a good young team there and, and guys who could score, uh, create their own shot. You know, you look at Golden State, those probably one of the best starting lineups of all time. Uh, you had Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Um, you know, you had other guys there that can create their shot, you know, space the floor, get other guys involved. He, and, you know, he did. He was, you know, a, a defender that he had to be one of the main defenders for that team. Uh, but, you know, he didn't have to get all the assists, all the rebounds, score all the points, right? So... Yesterday, I was intrigued by that, that we could finally see Durant in this situation where, you know, he it has to be him. He has to be the one who scores the points, gets everyone involved. He has to be the leader there, vocally, everything. In every, every sense of the word leader, you know, he had to be that guy. Because, you know, without that, they lose against the Bucks, And then the series is probably over because then they'd be down uh, 3-2 with an injured uh, Kyrie and, a, and an injured uh, James Harden who's, like probably 60% right now, if you want to put a number on it, playing or trying to play in, in the NBA playoffs. And I, I was hoping for a 50-point game from Kevin Durant. We got 49 points, 49-point triple-double, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. He was 16 of 23 from the field. 
He just looked absolutely un- unstoppable. No one could no one could do anything to stop this guy. Um, you even had Harden there. He Harden was more of a decoy though. He had a terrible stat line: one of ten, o oh, oh for eight from three, five rebounds, six assists. You know, a bunch of turnovers or six rebounds and uh, and eight assists, five points. But you know, I props to James Harden for you know trying to give it a go, trying to be out there for uh, for the, his team and and KD, knowing that they needed that extra help. Need everyone that they they can get uh, against Milwaukee, and you know Milwaukee was kind of confused too. They didn't really know how to how to guard Harden, you know. Uh, but you know you got to think like Mike Budenholzer. He should I would have fired him mid series, like in the middle of the game, like right as the start of the fourth quarter was happening. I would have just been like, if I was the if the owner was there, I would have just walked down onto the court. I would have said Mike. A word said, you need to go. Pack your shit and leave. Like, you're done. I need to fire you right now because at no point did they double Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant. You know, you have Kevin Durant who's going off the entire game. He is, he is scorched earth right now, just tearing it up, you know, offensively. He's, do- he's getting all the boards, all the assists. He's doing everything for the team, right? And then whenever you guys do double him, he passes out and someone else hits a shot. Uh, but at, at no point were you thinking to put your defensive player of the year, two-time MVP, best player on the team, Giannis, to guard Kevin Durant. Like, at no point did that cross Budenholzer's mind, like, at all. Like, you need to win this game. Milwaukee should win this game because you have Harden coming back from a 10-game absence. He hasn't played in a long time, and he's, he's still injured with his hamstring. So and then as you've seen the the game progress and he's missing shots, he's missing passes. Someone threw him the ball and he got hit in the head because he was turned around late. Like he was overthrew all kinds of passes that he usually makes. So he's completely out of sync. So if you know that, why wouldn't you just double the guy who is who's been playing this whole time, Kevin Durant? Double team him, right? Or put Giannis on him, get some send some help as soon as he gets the ball, pick him up at half court get physical, do something. They didn't do anything. They were just letting Kevin Durant get whatever shot he wanted. So when you double him, why don't you just make James Harden beat you? You know, say make him be the primary ball handler, make Kevin Durant get rid of the ball, give it to James Harden and just make Harden beat you. Even if Harden was healthy, he hasn't proven in the playoffs that he can he can put the team on his back and and hit those big shots. If you look up his stat lines from all his uh, his big playoff games, like he has, he puts up bad numbers. You know, he he he's, he doesn't shoot very well, gets a lot of turnovers. So if he's fully healthy, that's what you do. But now that he's he's coming off of a, a he's still injured with his hamstring, ten game absence, not really in the flow of things. Then you definitely have to put that pressure on him for the entire game, especially because he played. What he play like forty? He played forty six minutes, and he was basically a decoy there, and they had no idea how to defend him. Like, just give him the open shot, make him try to beat you, and just get the ball out of out of uh, KD's hands. But that they they just weren't doing that at all, and and Giannis wasn't being assertive enough to say, "Hey, Mike, like I gotta guard KD. Like I'm the I can match up with him lengthwise. I can get physical with him. I can do the same uh, similar things that he can do." you know, defensively, and I could I could guard him, you know, but he didn't. And then after the game, he's like, oh, Katie's the best player of the world. Um, I'm going to take the challenge to guard him next game. I don't want to hear that shit. Do it during the game when you need it. Like, where was that, like, four hours prior? Like, you, that should have been part of your game plan. 
because you know you needed this win right here uh, to to be in, in position to win this series, and now you're down three two, and you know they just had that great win right now. You'll probably get the next one maybe, but then Game Seven's back in Brooklyn, and I just think this was a demoralizing loss for for the Milwaukee Bucks. They blew it. They had what they had a 17 point lead in the third quarter. It was like seven minutes left in the third quarter, and they let off the gas. They let Brooklyn back in it. They weren't defending KD right. They they just had a, a terrible defensive plan game plan the entire time and mike made, mike budenholzer made no adjustments at all he should resign today actually he should just be like you know what i sucked so bad and i'm such a bad playoff coach postseason coach he's like the dumbest coach in the nba like employed or unemployed right now honestly like how do you you have the defensive player of the year not this year but recently and he's still in his prime and you don't put him to guard the best player you don't double team the best player on the court, the guy who's who's who scores forty nine points at that time, he was like in the mid thirties. Like you don't put him, you don't double team him or try to get the ball out of his hands. He's the only fully healthy guy on the team right there. I just it was just so stupid and frustrating to watch, um, especially with that lead that they had. And then at one point, like Giannis, I, I like Giannis. I want Giannis to win. He seems like a nice guy. He's very friendly. You know, his story is very interesting to me and, like, how he's developed as a player. But like I said yesterday, he's um, he's limited offensively. I know he scored, puts up a lot of points. You know, he, he misses key free throws. And then, like, oh, at one point, I was I'm, when I'm watching the game, I yelled a lot, and I was very frustrated watching this game because they are just doing stupid things. Like, whenever I see a, a, a big... You know, how tall is Giannis? Like seven, six, eleven, seven, one, something like that. He's tall. And he's he gets the ball in the post, and James Harden is guarding him in the post. James Harden, who I don't know how many times I have to say this, but he was out for 10 games, and he has a hamstring injury. And he's, what is James Harden, 6'6"? Six, six. Giannis gets the ball, and he posts up on him, right? And then Harden's like, okay. And instead of going to the basket, like, wouldn't you just naturally, like, okay, I'm going to dunk on this guy because he's way smaller than me, and plus he's injured, and he's notoriously a bad defender. Everyone knows he's a bad defender. And what does Giannis do? He gets the ball, he shoots a, a fadeaway, turnaround, jump shot, <laughs> and misses it. Like, what is... And then I've been hearing people say that he was scared to get fouled and go to the free throw line, but... Dude, go to the basket and dunk over James Harden. Like, you're way bigger than him. He's already injured, so why wouldn't you just attack him on the defensive end? Like, just attack him every time. And then uh, and then when you're trying to defend him, make him beat you because he's injured. Exploit that. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you know someone's coming back from injury, you got to take advantage of that in any, any way that you can. But they just... His shot selection, Giannis's shot selection was just horrible, and it has been horrible. Like when when you're supposed to go to the basket, he shoots a fadeaway or shoots a three, and then when he's supposed to do the other thing, he 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 goes to the basket and gets fouled and then misses free throws. So it's like he's he's not picking the right spots uh, to either go to the basket or make a jump shot. Um, it was just a, a terrible display of basketball. the the entire The entire game. Like, at first, they, they went off to a good lead. And then, you know, because Brooklyn was down pretty much for the most part of the uh, of the game. And then towards the third quarter, they started making a run. Uh, you, had, you had Jeff Green. He was just, he had a great game. He had 27 points, made seven threes. He was seven of eight from three. 
Uh, even Blake Griffin had a good game, 17 points, and then everyone else was just in single digits. But, you know, so KD did did have some help there. Uh, but in the end, it came down to KD hitting big shots. Even when Harden had the ball, this was like late in the fourth quarter, he had the ball and the, the shot clock was running now, and you could tell he was about to blow it or something because uh, it was like hits like two seconds, and he threw it to KD right away because they were double-teaming Harden. And then KD just launched a, a crazy three, and it went in, and um, the crowd gets hyped and stuff. And that right there was like, okay, so like anything that could happen right now, KD is going to bail us out. Like, no matter what James is doing with the a turnover or what. Uh, but, see, at that point, if you see, you, see, you see James Harden rattled, why wouldn't you double KD and make Harden beat you? Like, it's just, I I could not believe what I was seeing. It was the most ridiculous game to watch. Um, it's like they just let him just let him go. Mike Budenholz was just giving up. He's just, just, like, he should just not show up to the next game. He's just like, you know what, man, I can't do it anymore. Just let one of the players coach. Just let P.J. Tucker coach. Like, fuck it. It was just, it was so bad. Um, and then for Milwaukee, you know, I don't, I mean, it's the same thing. You know, they just, they kind of crumble. They don't make uh, the correct defensive uh, adjustments. So this next game is definitely going to be huge for them. You know, what they do on, on defensive uh, side of the ball. Like, you got to have Giannis on, on, on KD, obviously. Like, that should be your first thought. Like, okay, everyone else is out. Let me do this. Like, that would make sense. And then every time he gets past a certain part of the court, you bring the help defense. Then he passes out. Like, it, it's not hard. It's not hard. Try it at least. Like, it, when when they don't try it, that's what's stupid. It's like, okay, well, you can say a bunch of stuff, but when you try it and then you know it doesn't work, then you try something else. But they didn't even try it. They just did the same stuff. Like, they're okay, well, let's just let KD run wild, and then hopefully he gets tired. Like, I don't know if the, if that was their, their reasoning behind it because he didn't even leave the game. He played the entire game, the entire 48 minutes of the game. And, you know, this is this is a game that I've been waiting for for Kevin Durant's career. You know, he's had great games um, in the finals and the playoffs. You know, he had that shot against uh, uh, right in front of LeBron's face at the three-point line and then did it again the year after um, to kind of take the, take the crown as the best player in the league and then uh, kind of went back to LeBron. But, you know, he never had that game in the, in the playoffs where, like, hey, we need to win. We need everything we can get from Kevin Durant. Um, because if we don't, then we're going to lose. So, and that's what I was saying uh, yesterday was that, you know, I, I, I want to see Kevin Durant here like the next like six, seven games or something. He has 40, 50 points, 35 points and like triple doubles here and there. And like, it's all on his shoulders and he has to drag this team to the finals. That would be more exciting than if, uh, if Kyrie and and Harden are, are back fully healthy, uh, but Kyrie's out for the rest of this uh, series, and I don't know if Harden's going to actually be fully back yet. Uh, they already announced that he's going to he's going to play back um, this next game, uh, but we'll see. It, it doesn't look good for Milwaukee. I think they're done. Um, you know, maybe they win this next game. That'll that we'll be able to see what kind of guys they have in Milwaukee. I know uh, there's some of them that are that will that have some fight in them, but some of them don't. You know, and some of them are probably like, all right, let's pack it in. We you know, we had a decent year, but uh, there's going to be a lot of changes there uh, this offseason. Mike Budenholzer is getting fired probably as soon as the buzzer sounds after this next game if they lose. Um, he probably has to catch his own flight back home. Like, no, we're not going to – you're not going to get on the plane with us. Like, don't even get on the plane. Just just go home. You got to buy your own ticket, though, and you can't expense it. You got to leave. 
Because, I mean, you have a great regular season. Like, all the time they have a good regular season, but he just can't make adjustments. It's like they don't work on this stuff at all. And it's so frustrating. Has anyone talked to Giannis about his shot selection, like, at all? Like, has he said, like, has Mike said, like, hey, man, why don't you just go to the basket instead of just doing a turnaround, fadeaway jump shot right there? Like, come on. Just, like, stop forcing Giannis to shoot threes and these, like, these random jumpers. Like, just dominate the interior and that's it and that's all you got to worry about and then you know you, you let someone else shoot the threes you got lopez there another seven footer there who's hitting threes and he is a good three-point shooter so has he worked with him on that like i don't know they just they're just not doing the obvious thing that like a normal person would think of and some other coaches got fired today as well um stan van gundy he got fired from the New, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, and you know he was there for one year. So now Zion, he's already had three coaches now, um, and you know that I don't think that was a good fit in, in the beginning. You know you have some talent there, Brandon Ingram and and Lonzo Ball and Zion, obviously, and they still haven't made the playoffs. Like it's still a struggle. So I'm not sure who they're gonna hire. You know, there's a lot of names being floated out there. Um, their their assistant coach right now, I forget her name. Um, uh, but she's uh, she's a longtime assistant there, and uh, she's getting a lot of buzz there. So I think they might keep it in house with her. Um, and then Scott Brooks also got fired, which I was surprised at first. I was like, well, you know, when they had a bad start to the year, it's like, okay, there's still some time. And then he made the playoffs, and they, they kind of went on a good run there. They caught up, and I thought he he deserved to to keep his spot there, considering uh, the players that are around, uh, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Uh, but yeah, he got fired, and apparently they consulted with uh, with Beal. Upper management consulted with Beal and and Westbrook about that, and I guess they okayed that. Um, and yeah, so that's another opening there. But that one's tough because you know, does Beal actually want to be there, or does he want to go, you know, somewhere else? You know, is he going to demand a trade here? I can't remember if he signed that contract or not, but. Um, yeah, I think he 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 might be under contract still, but he he can demand a trade. So, but he has he has stated though in the past that uh, uh, he wants to remain loyal to Washington for some reason. Um, I think Duch just just asked for the trade. And then uh, current NBA game right now, you got the Sixers and the Hawks game five. Uh, it is a twenty point lead by the Sixers in the second quarter. So. Um, and Embiid looks good. So that the injury, it's kind of up and down with him there with that injury, but they're uh, they're dominating right now. And then um, some other news today was that uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, this was like early this morning, was that he was going to miss uh, Game Five tonight, and then because he had some uh, he had tweaked his knee or something late in uh, in Game Four, but then a report like a couple hours after that said. Oh, he has an ACL injury, so now he's out indefinitely. So now he might miss the rest of the this series, which throws everything off. Because then now you have you have to have Paul George carry the load for the Clippers against um, against his Utah team, who's been holding their own uh, against the Clippers. And I and I don't I don't know, man. We talked about KD having to do that, and he did great, but. Katie's like what top three right now in the NBA depends who, who you have. I think he's number one, but Paul George, like maybe he's top 15 player, top 20, maybe, but he's so inconsistent. So like, what are we going to see from Paul George? I'm excited though. I, I love when it, when, when this happens, because now 
you know, Paul George has been inconsistent in the playoffs and everyone called him pandemic P after he called himself playoff P and he wasn't showing up. He had this whole thing in the bubble. So now, now we're going to know what uh, Paul George is about today. We're going to know if he's all talk or if he can back it up. I need to see, I need to see a 40 piece from him. I need to see, I need to see him on defense, shutting down Donovan Mitchell or holding him to 25 you know, um, making him work hard for his shots, and I need to see, I need to see Paul George put the Clippers on his back and, and win this series. I need to see him push him over the top and take him to the conference finals. Uh, seems like at least, like at least, like they may, they may be without Kawhi for the rest of the playoffs. So that pretty much throws out their chances, I think. But um, I'm excited to see what Paul George does tonight and for the rest of the series. Uh, Utah now. Utah's looking at an easy road, not easy, but you know a little bit easier road to uh, the NBA Finals because uh, now their potential matchup with the Phoenix Suns, that one's kind of odd too because Chris Paul just tested positive for, this also happened this morning, Chris Paul uh, just tested positive for the coronavirus. He got the Pfizer vaccine in February. I don't know how I know that. It's just out there that that's what that's what he received. So you know, I know some people were saying that um, he didn't believe in the vaccine, but he did get vaccinated uh, with the Pfizer vaccine in February, and then he had just tested positive. Um, so now he's out with the safety COVID protocol or whatever then be implemented this year. Um, but he has no symptoms, is what was what I have read, and so now if. Utah and the Clippers, they need to hope that that goes seven games because then now, based on that schedule, Chris Paul will miss the first two games of the conference finals. Like, that's the, an estimate, but he could be out longer depending on how – because they're going to keep testing him probably like every couple days or something to see uh, how uh, – if, if he's still testing positive or not because then I think it's like a 10-day thing that you have to be out. But that's if, like, you're in contact with someone who may have it or if you're around it. But he tested positive, so they're going to have to test him all the time uh, to make sure that he does or doesn't have it. So that's a different situation. I know a lot of people were talking about LeBron and his thing during the playoffs, but everyone who went to that event that LeBron had um, was either vaccinated or got tested, and then LeBron wasn't testing positive. No one around him was testing positive or anything, so that one was fine. But I don't know where Chris Paul was where he even tested positive. You know, and now he's not experiencing any symptoms or anything. Like, did he spread it to other players? Like, I guess they just did a random test, and he was the only one that had it. Uh, but that's a big blow for Phoenix. You know, I was uh, I had I had changed my pick to Phoenix winning the championship, and um, you know it was all because of Chris Paul and Devin Booker and how those guys have really, you know, um, taken control of the team and uh, really followed Chris Paul and his leadership. But that's a big blow for them, you know. And I hope it is only two games because, you know, you, as we've seen in this playoffs and in years past that, you know, teams can bounce back from if it's a 2-0 deficit. Uh, but if Mike Conley's still out in the conference finals and you have uh, Chris Paul out, I think that that makes it kind of an even matchup and they could probably split a series, uh, split the first two games 1-1. Then, you know, you start off at zero again. And then, then you get Chris Paul back. But then you don't know how if, if he's affected really, you know, if he does end up having symptoms, if that report is wrong, um, you know, there could be some lingering effects like uh, Jason Tatum earlier this year when he had it, he had to take an inhaler, you know, right before the game, every game. And, you know, he was always sore. He got tired faster. So he had to go to the bench uh, sooner than, than normal. 
Um, so it was different. So his conditioning was way off. And same with Dennis Schroeder with the Lakers. It took him like three weeks or something to get his legs back under him, and he was still out of shape. And um, so that's uh, that's unfortunate for Phoenix. Um, fortunate for the Clippers. There's been a lot of injuries. You know, I think I saw today on Twitter it was like it was like eight eight All Stars are are, are missing um, postseason games, and that's like a that's the most of all time. Um, in the NBA postseason, so that's crazy, and, and you know a lot of it does have to do with the shortened season and the lack of rest and stuff. And uh, LeBron even tweeted some stuff out about it that he was upset um, that you know the season started too soon. But you know, here's more on that: is that the players' union and then the owners they 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 decide equally, like, hey, do you guys want to play or not? So at the end of the day, the players' union decided to play, which involves the players. You know, if you don't know, so they. They said, oh, yeah, let's all play. Like, they all agreed to it. They were all having to come to an agreement. And if the players truly didn't want to play, and they said, hey, we don't want to play until this date, like, the NBA would have listened. They listened to them in any other circumstances. So now you can't go blaming the league office and and, and saying, oh, it's all about money. It's like, well, you guys are still getting paid. You guys were still getting paid during the pandemic and still getting paid now. And you, you came to this agreement. So now just because, like, people are injured, it sucks. Yeah, but... Now you can't blame your bosses because you just came to the, agree- to the agreement before the season started, then you don't like the outcome. Like, sometimes it happens. Um, this season, it's it's just weird because, you know, you had COVID last year and then it was shortened and they had to go to the bubble and all that stuff. So, you know, people are still just trying to make up from that time. And, yeah, there's, there's going to be some injuries because everyone's schedule's off and their conditioning is off. And um, it definitely sucks for, for the rest of the playoffs, especially if, Harden's not 100%. Kyrie's out uh, for extended period of time. Kawhi's out for the rest of the playoffs. And then you have Conley who's out. And then Chris Paul with his his situation. And um, Embiid, he's like, he's hit and miss. You know, he does have a, a meniscus tear, but he's still playing. Um, so, yeah, just a, a lot to consider. But, you know, like I said yesterday, it's like, I'm glad I didn't I didn't make any bets on this postseason because it's it's honestly like the healthiest team uh, is going to be the one who pulls it off, uh, who's going to get lucky at the right time and get hot. But you know it seems like Milwaukee's the, the healthiest team right now and they just can't figure out how to play basketball anymore. Um, you know they lost Dante Divincenzo, but that was it. You know other than that they got their guys, uh, but they still can't figure out how or when they should defend uh, KD. You know they they're like oh well we don't actually know let's just let him let him do whatever he wants. But other NBA news, uh, Lamelo Ball won Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know in certain spots it could have been um, Anthony Edwards, but you know I think Lamelo Ball throughout the entire year um, he, he came back from his injury. They they said he was going to be out for the rest of the year, but he came back um, and then they actually played very well um, and then made the playoffs. Um, so. That it was uh, very well deserved there, and then some news on Luca. There's been some weird stuff coming out. There was like basically a hit piece um, that came out for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, saying there's a rift in the front office, and uh, Luca doesn't like one of these analytics guys that they have, and uh, that he snapped at him or something, and it's like a it's a big deal. But you know, and then Mark Cuban came out and. I responded to the story. He tweeted about it and said, oh, uh, that's total bullshit or something like that. Uh, but, you know, if if there's a, there's an article that came out 
this was two days ago. And then today, something came out about, um, so Don Nelson, he he's, ste- he's stepping down from his role in the front office after 24 years, I believe. And that just seems kind of weird that after this other article came out that now, you know, Donnie Nelson is parting ways. You know, he was a... Uh, he was there for 24 years. Yep, that's what it says here. And now there was a, there's another report that uh, Luke is going to release a statement about uh, Nelson's departure from the front office on Thursday, and he's really upset about it. And, you know, Nelson was the one who orchestrated the trade to bring uh, Luca to Dallas on draft day when, you know, they had traded uh, Trey Young to Atlanta and Atlanta gave him Luca and some other pieces. But um, yeah, so it says that they have mutually uh, agreed to part ways, um, but he had lost power since the, the hiring of, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but Ball or Bob Vulgaris. Oh, that's not hard. Bob Vulgaris, he's a guy who has been uh, creating internal tension. Apparently, he was their numbers guy, but um, Donnie Nelson has apparently lost power since they hired this guy who Luca apparently does not like. And then now he uh, he's apparently the most influential voice with the Mavericks front office since joining the team, either initiating or approving virtually every transaction made over the past two seasons. Um, so he's basically like the, the shadow uh, general manager, and he probably has a tight relationship with Mark Cuban. Um, so whatever they say goes... Um, and you know, there, there is some speculation that Luca might want to leave, but then, you know, this was, this was just a few days ago. This was on June 7th, you know, last week they asked Luca if he intends to, uh, sign the Supermax this summer cause he's eligible for it. And then he kind of smirked and said, I think, you know, the answer like, yeah, obviously I'm going to sign for like 200 million or whatever it is. So, um, there seems to be some, uh, front office, dysfunction there um i i I guess we should wait uh to see what luca's statement is that that gets released like i like what statement is luca going to release that's going to be so impactful that the that the dallas mavericks are like okay let's listen to luca like he's 22 years old man like i feel like you have to you have to put in more time than that and you know luca's great a generational talent like i always say but at a certain point, it's like, okay, dude, like you're 22 years old. Like, what do you know about running a business? Like, we're running a billion dollar business, maybe more than that, two billion dollar business, a franchise. You are the face of the franchise. You are an employee. You are not a front office member. You are not a talent evaluator. That's not you. Like, you play basketball, be an ambassador for the sport and for the team do all the great things, but we'll make the front office decisions. If you don't like it or if you disagree with it, like, that's your problem. Like I'm not. We're not going to bend over backwards to do all this stuff for you. Like, because then the players could bite you in the ass in the end. They could decide to leave at at moments notice. And same with front office. They could, they could, you know, trade you at any time too. They could cut you. They could do whatever. They could uh, ship you out, bring someone in. They could, uh, you know, give you a salary that you don't want, or you know, reduce your pay, whatever. You know. So I just think they people need to keep it a business relationship and. And stop trying to get the play, some players uh, more flexibility and more say in, in personnel and in front office 
um, hiring. There's no evidence that that's what Luke is trying to do, but you know this this uh, this report from these sources saying that um, that he he's upset and he's going to release a statement and he really wants this guy over this other guy. Like I, I guess so we'll we'll just wait and see what what's actually being said and if we actually hear from Luca uh, talking about it. But I, I I honestly don't believe that. There's no way like he's, you know he he's 22 years old. I don't, I don't believe that he's actually like trying to, you know, pick sides and stuff in the front office and dictate who who gets hired for what position. Like I, I honestly don't believe that that's that's what he'd be doing. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. But you know I I guess we only know what we see. Um, on TV. All right, thanks for listening uh, to my NBA pod after the crazy news that we had today and then the game yesterday. Uh, you know, yeah, we'll be back probably next week eventually. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening.